0: All right, welcome everyone. This is the Joe Danier podcast. I am Joe Danier. It's Monday. Typically, I'd be around the conference table talking strategy or some kind of logical, you know, topic or pursuit of some kind. But today, I want to talk about something a little bit more fun. Um, we had a ton of airtime on the radio these last uh, couple weeks, and and I used up a lot of my normal topics. But I didn't get to talk about this one when I was on the radio, so I'm going to talk about this now. Uh, And that is sort of like entering the simulation or the metaverse or the matrix. Uh, Some of the people that you know are going to check out of real life and check in to a simulated life. And there are some pretty big advantages to, especially if things aren't going real well in your regular life, Um, you know, putting on the hood and, Depriving you know your normal senses of, of reality and you know feeding them a simulated reality you know could be a good deal. I mean you really get to pick your your theater, their, your stage, the nouns, the verbs that you're going to be dealing with. It could be more like a wake up and play a video game every day of your life, and that's you know in in some cases that would be freaking amazing. I mean some of us on weekends jump into the gaming system and we. You know, do pursue those things. We do role play and uh, delve in some fantasy um, just through the technologies in our regular consoles, our video games on our tablets and, and our PCs. But it, it they've upped to the ante because it's now you know, you can put the virtual reality glasses on and you can immerse your senses in more of something that you know you're mo- when you if you've never done it you put these on. Your eyes are fed the visuals as if in you're your in a reality, right, or, or it, that it's real. And after a while, your brain so- stops disagreeing with what you're seeing and eventually sort of accepts the fact that, that you know it, 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 that could be real. You're interacting with things. You're moving it around. So at a certain point, if you can interact with it, it has things that can be you know, touched and moved and played with and, and whatever. I mean, there's no real difference between what exists in the real world and not. And so a lot of companies are preparing for you occupying a bunch of your space in the virtual space. I mean, think about you. You're buy- buying your wardrobe. You can dress yourself up. You can pick your job. You have a car that you drive around, the instruments that you play all of the things that you have emotional connections with in the real world can be simulated in a simulated world. And so, you know, starting to think about like what, that could do for you if it's, you know, a vacation, like what could a vacation be like if you could go to any place that you can imagine and have anything that you imagine, and it's really not going to cost you what it would if you went there in real life. So what if you can go experience the grand Canyon and not have to travel anywhere, but according to your senses, there would be no difference between you going there in person and having experienced it through a virtual reality glasses, especially if the rest of the senses can be filled in where you get haptic suits, where you can interact with the world and you can touch things and they can touch you back or something like, you know, can replicate smells or sounds. Um, if we cover all of the senses and we can replicate in data, what you would be seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching, and then you can have a suit or some kind of like feedback, uh, you know, something that can give you that same feedback in the virtual world. What's the difference? And you wouldn't have, you'd have to get close. You wouldn't even have to get exact or precise because your brain has such an ability to fill in gaps of data that you would just kind of like coax the imagination so far. And then the imagination could take over from that point. Uh, But it's it's exceptional what technology is able to do right now. So that's why I'm I'm kind of giving this as a precursor so you can, instead of dismissing it, you could start dabbling with it. And, you know, what do you want as part of your simulation? Um, do you want to be, you know, everybody can be wealthy. There's no, it's sort of like in a world of, of inf, infinite everything. Um, it, cause nothing will cost you. It's all digital. It's all what, what you picture yourself. So when you jump in the game and create an avatar of yourself, you could be anything you want to be your body style. You could look however you want to look. So from the psychological standpoint, what happens when everyone is infinitely attractive, right? They, they possess every body feature that makes everyone infinitely attractive. And what happens when every resource is at your ability? There's no such thing as a lack of scarcity of money in the in the in the uh, the metaverse or in virtual reality or, or in these simulations. You just have whatever you want. You want a boat, right? You go get a boat. And I'm sure there there'll be an economy of of some kind where you can spend some digital something to buy some digital something. But they they don't have any manufacturing costs. I mean, it has to be just enough for developers to create an object that can be, you know, purchased in a world. It's not like you have steel costs and electrical costs and chip costs and whatever. Um, so really the, the economies within these things are only going to be, uh, just a little bit of, of an investment. So I'm going to play around as this stuff comes into the actual marketplace. Um, I have the virtual reality or, you know, the VR headset. I got the, uh, the one the Oculus from, from Facebook. And we've been playing some, uh, some f- games where you get an idea of interacting with objects. You get a feel for what the utility is, what what it's going to take to move or move yourself around within the universes and also manipulate objects within those universes, as well as we've, um, we, we've done sort of like the video version of it, where somebody sets up a virtual reality camera and it, captures 365 degrees around, so that when you're experiencing this video capture, you can kind of look around these environments, and instead of being directed by the videographer of what you should be looking at, you're free to explore what you want to look at in this deal. So the camera is static, it just sits there, but captures and sort of like knits together all the video footage so that if you look up, you're looking up and what the video footage caught. And what's, what's interesting is what's going on in the center of the frame might not interest you as much as something that's going on to the left so i I got this this phenomenon used to happen to me when i would go to a circus so you had a circus and they had all of those things going on at one time you had the different rings like maybe you had five rings going on and there's jugglers in one and there's you know dogs in the other and there's lions in the other well you get to choose which one of the rings that captivates you that you want to look at most but it's all happening at the same time and and so like when you get this footage that's shot of whether or not you're jumping out of an airplane or looking at the Grand Canyon or you're in the middle of a of a dance party, you get to wander like you get to wander through that input. And I love that that choice that you get. You your experience is completely unique to you. And that way, if you've got bad. Um, producers, you've got people who don't, you know, who, who, who aren't giving you uh, the storylines that you're looking at. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm really disappointed in, in what is being presented to our culture, because everything is so freaking luxury, right? You go to the zoo, this is the worst, like you go to the zoo, and I want to look at the animals, I want to learn about, uh, you know, what lives here and what their habitats are like, and what they eat and, and whatever. And as soon as you walked in first place that I walked into, it was a freaking ecological uh, disaster lecture about how human beings are destroying the planet. And I I get that. Like, that's important to you. Part of the zoo's uh, mission is to whatever. But as a consumer of going to the zoo, is that really what you want to get knocked on first? So if producers are making these extremely activist uh, productions, and maybe where they want you to look isn't really where you want to look. You sort of have choices as to where you throw your attention to, and you don't have to look or be a part of what the part they want to. And that way they put these cameras in very active views, things that are, you know, a lot of stuff going on, and then you go ahead and choose what you want to look at. And I don't want to belabor that, but it's, it's super important that that choice of attention um, is on the consumer, and that's what makes it, you know, most interesting. And uh, and so if you haven't dealt, I, I would I would suggest you playing some kind of video games where there's some manipulation. Uh, they have these uh, trainers, uh, much like in, when computers were new and people weren't real familiar with how a mouse worked. They gave us games like Minesweeper so that we can start getting our mind wrapped around using mice. Right, so you had this precise this grid of 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 blocks, and you had to develop precision in your mind to be able to click on. Uh, on a specific block, and it trained your brain to narrow your your hand movements and your hand-eye coordination so that you'd be clicking on the proper uh, block. And software engineers created those games to do just that, to train us into how we'd be manipulating computers in the future. Same thing with VR. A lot of the training games are you, you know, using your hands where you don't have any uh, feedback on your fingertips for touch that you're holding an object. And so you've got to practice holding objects that you see, but maybe can't feel. And like what that would be uh, to be able to pick up a block and maneuver a Rubik's Cube without being able to feel it tactile, you know, like to really get your hands wrapped around it. And so that it's important that we start training and creating those neural pathways so that we can take uh, isolated feedback. Maybe it's just sound and being able to relate to it or just touch and be able to relate to it. But these sort of like disconnected, uh, you know, our, our sensories, our, our brain sort of expect some of this stuff to be coupled together and when we don't have that it's going to be a new experience but play around with it so play a game that uh, maybe it's that beat saber where you're moving your hands around to be able to touch blocks the precision in an empty space uh, to be able to hit things that you can only see and as well as those games where you can uh, move objects around set them pour things open things cut things all of that kind of stuff and as well as experience some of the uh, just the video feeds and uh, you know look around and explore and let your your brain wander and your eyes wander and, uh, and, and do it that way. So, uh, that's what this is about. It was interesting to me. Um, we'll get in future episodes, we're going to get into some time travel and some physics and whatever, but, uh, the simulation stuff, uh, fascinates me. And, 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 in, in the coming years, I mean, we're going to be all, all about it. Um, it's going to be part of our regular day. So it won't be this speculative thing where the mystery is evading us sometime in the future. It's here and you can start playing. All right. Till next time. This is the Joe Dana podcast from Youngstown studio.